2: Thunder buddies and travellers down Thunder Road, it's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, your patisserie chef on Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Staggerly Malone. Lee, how are you this week?
0: I'm not too bad, pal. I uh, feel like I've spent the majority of my lifetime talking to you this past two weeks.
2: We've got to get better at, at, like, pack recording these Patreon shows, because it feels like I, I have talked to you more than my own family.
0: Yeah, I, I've pretty much seen your face for
2: longer than I've seen either of my kids in the last week, at least. You could probably, like, do a mastermind topic on what are the names of all the books behind Dave's head <laughs> on a Zoom screen, because you've been staring at this same background for so long. Yeah. Uh, um look it, it's a good way to spend multiple nights of a week hey look do you know we, we um, a month into the big project of which we shall mention later and we still haven't killed each other so it's pretty good uh, we're probably not going to get sick of this anytime soon uh, maybe each other but not this this project yeah I'm, I'm just waiting for the rumours to start that we don't actually like each other and somebody has been kicked off the show Lee was sent home from TV <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All possible. Um I'm going to hit you with a hot slice of snack talk straight off the gate. Here we go. Um first off most recently, I suppose I, I tweeted this as I was waiting around for the show to start. Uh I just had a wedge of the most decadent strawberry cheesecake. You, I uh, you, you say as you're waiting around, you come onto the Skype call with about half full of cake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I see the thing was I had a very disappointing dinner. So I I I kind of felt like I could excuse myself the cake while I was waiting for you. Ooh, I had like wh- f- What was the dinner? Well, the disappointing element of it was I had champ mash, which I normally really like, mm. which is for those of you who don't know is mashed potato with spring onions in it. Um, chopped up. And normally I like that, but this was the I don't know if uh, the, the spring onions were overcooked, okay. I would say. so it was kind of like instead of the nice little crunch and the pop of oniony flavour in the middle of your creamy mash, I was getting slightly drier mash and slightly soggier um, spring onions, mm. so it was very disappointing. Um, but also, hey, um, not to, you know, have this be a Dave parade early days, but I had a birthday last week and that is the other element of my snack talk.
0: Come on, you you have me intrigued here. Is this going to be birthday cake talk?
2: So uh, no, no. Um, I don't do birthday cake usually. Like I, I'll eat a cake. Um, I actually, <laughs> as, as we've all seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll like I had um. At the weekend in one of my groups, uh, somebody brought in, because it's Pride Month, brought in like a, a rainbow lemon cake. Oh, lovely. And that was absolutely delicious. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting meandering from one type of snack talk to another now. Um, so for my the day of my birthday, uh, I took it off work. And we went to Galway on the west coast of Ireland, an absolutely beautiful city. Great place to just, the whole plan for the day was just like ramble around, mm. have some snacks, you know, see some stuff. I, I, um, I have to say,
0: I do love Galway City.
2: Yeah, great place to have a pint, great place for, there, there's always like live music somewhere in the town, uh, regardless of time of day. It's lovely, it's got a great vibe to it. Um, and I went to a place that I, now I had been last summer. Um, once And I was like, if I go, next time I go back to Galway, I have to go again. And it's a place called Burger Story, which for anybody who knows Galway or intends to visit Galway, it's near the Spanish Arch mm. in Galway. Um, And I had a, get this, maple and chipotle fried chicken burger. So you're talking chicken fillet that has been brined in maple syrup. And then covered in, like, a nice spicy southern fried coating. And then on a burger with cheese, bacon, uh, onion, tomato, lettuce, and their own kind of, like, in-house Chipotle Southwest sauce. Uh, uh,
0: I'm not going to lie Dave. This sounds like probably one of the best burgers I've ever heard in my life. Uh,
2: It's uh, it's one of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. It's got to be said. Um... I actually learned quite recently I am a burger enthusiast and I spent a lot of I don't know if I ever talked about it on this show one of the things I got really into during the lockdowns Uh, was Food YouTube. So, like, um, I was watching all the Bon Appetit channel until that thing imploded in, like, 2021, I think. So the first year was a lot of Bon Appetit. But I started watching a lot of the First We Feast channel, which has, like, Hot Ones on it, which is the big kind of, you know, popular viral series of the moment. Uh, But on there as well, they have, like, um, The Burger Show, which is hosted by the guy Alvin, who... Started the food truck Egg Slut that's very popular in the US that you might have heard mm. of. Um, but then there was like a spin off series because he used to constantly have a guest on called George Motes, who's the hamburger scholar. Um, he's like this guy who is a historian of the American hamburger. He's written two books on it. I actually have one of them over this shoulder somewhere in this direction here. Um, and he George Motes was on so often to talk about different speciality regional burgers because there are so many there like there are so many different region specific burgers in the US alone that it's it's absolutely fascinating to see the, you know, the history of them and how they're made and things like that. And then he got his own spin-off series called the The Burger Scholar Sessions, which I watched every episode of as well. That is a long way to say that I only found out the day after it happened. I was I was having pints with a friend of mine recently and uh he mentioned to me that just the previous day he had met George Moats in Dublin and had a George Moats burger. Oh wow. George Moats came to Dublin and did like a pop-up burger stall for the day and I was like I was fucking livid that <laughs> <laughs> I had missed this. I was like Dude, I am so happy for you that I know somebody that had a George Motes hamburger, but I am fucking disgusted that that person was not me. Yeah. Uh, ah, yeah. You'll yeah,
0: come back.
2: The day will come. Yeah. George, there, look, I have a spare room, George, <laughs> if you want to come back. Is that, ah. is that open
0: to all burger enthusiasts or just Mr. Moats?
2: Um, you know, Alvin that hosts the burger show would be more than welcome as well, um... I'll 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 keep track of which which food YouTubers <laughs> would be welcome in the guest room. They have to be run by friend of the show Jack though, because usually he has first dibs of the spare room when he comes oh, over. We call we call it Jack's room. Um, so he he'll have to decide. But he's into burgers. That must so I'm be sure get, he won't. get
0: very confusing if uh, Jack is over and somebody has to use the jacks.
2: Yeah, structure. especially when I, I think the first time he came over to visit, he didn't know that was a thing Irish people really say that we use jacks as a as a way of saying going to the toilet. Yeah, uh, yeah he didn't. Nor did he know that when like an Irish person says, Alright, horse, that it's not an insult. <laughs> that is just an equivalent of saying, all right, pal. All right, chief. All right, boss. It's, <laughs> it's like, did you just call me a horse? I was like, yeah, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. As, as we um, know, I used to
0: say, he's a horse or a man, but you can't show you trotting.
2: uh lee speaking of horses we have put a lot of horse power into the patreon in our first month that's a fucking i'll tell you what that's one of my better segues
0: that was a good segue i won't (laughs) give you any abuse for that one uh
2: run us down very quickly whistle stop tour of um what we got up to last week and what people can look forward to uh, this coming week.
0: well I, First of all, I will mention the link scene as you forgot. It's patreon.com forward slash WCW Thunderpod. Um, yeah, so last week we had the first ever drafts and drafts episode where mm-hmm. we drafted combined WCW ECW rosters, and I believe the poll went up today. Did it?
2: Uh, it's, uh, it isn't up as we're recording, but it'll be up before the show is out.
0: Okay, so the pressure is now on, Dave, to get the poll up on Thursday. No,
1: it'll (laughs) be up, it'll be up, it's just (laughs) certain
2: people hadn't sent me their card for the show. I sent you that
0: card like 12 hours ago.
2: Oh yes, right, you mean during the hours where normal human beings sleep.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm awake early in the morning for work.
1: (laughs) Uh,
2: Life being friends with Lee is getting, uh hearing nothing between like after about nine or ten o'clock at night but then randomly getting about six texts in a row at five in the morning
0: yeah it it's it can be a hard uh, hard life sometimes the, the <laughs> early dial life is
2: a is tough one yeah
0: um, so yeah we had the first draft and drafts and we also had our first episode of rehashing the champions earlier in the month mm-hmm. which got a great response yeah from the patrons so coming up the first week of July, we will have episode two of Rehash of the Champions. Yeah. And I think that's it, isn't it? Uh,
2: the third week of July is going to be. Oh, yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah. Is going to be Days of Thunder at the Movies. Yes. For which, uh, in the final week of June, uh, which is just coming up now, uh, this weekend, um, we will be putting up the poll for that. So we decided it kind of. Um, I think in the development of the show and in talking back and forward um, with listeners, Mm. um, the idea of doing a poll of three, which would be like um, Dave's choice, Lee's choice, and I'll pick one of the listeners' random choices maybe as well to fill out the three slots, and then everybody on the Patreon votes for it and and that's going to be our show. Um, All I will say because um, I'm not going to reveal you're going to have to sign up to the Patreon to find out what the three choices are and to vote on them but I will say one of the choices the the fan choice for this month is in fact the movie Days of Thunder very apropos um, and I'm going to give a little teaser about that one I have never seen Days of Thunder Ah, a good time will be had my friend um I, I will say as well Just kind of You know To be nice about it um, We are coming up Towards the end of the month Which means If you're not familiar With Patreon That's the end Of the billing cycle So If you're really Thinking about it And if you're like Oh I'd like to vote On those polls I'd like to take part You know And I'd like to listen To those shows Next month Hold off until July yes, 1st Because sure. you will Get double charged So mm-hmm. the, the Regardless of when you sign up You get billed on the first of the month So if all of what Lee and myself just said Sounds tempting to you Put a reminder in the phone Crack it on on July 1st That you're going to sign up at Patreon.com forward slash WCW Thunderpod um, And join in all the fun then And believe me You know even if you you'll, I think we're closing the Drafts and drafts vote Before the end of the month But there will be more drafts and drafts And there are going to be plenty more Opportunities to uh, to get involved. Uh, I suppose that the last thing I will mention really quickly. I really appreciate the people who have been giving me recommendations on uh, my new series on the Patreon, which is the sheet, which is me posting my uh, match of the year tracking spreadsheet every month, and then kind of. Um, I think I'm going to turn it into like a little bit of solo audio where I talk about the stuff I've been watching and the stuff I've been recommended by listeners and stuff like that. Now, you mm. can recommend me. I was tweeting this to you tonight. If you want to recommend me on the Twitter matches that I that I may have missed or, you know, may not see that is absolutely cool but the only place I'm going to be talking about what I thought of those matches is going to be behind the paywall uh, which I think is 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 fair I don't want to I don't want to do the the patrons out of uh, out of the the exclusive content that's for sure
0: I I am absolutely going to recommend you watch every Edge match
2: (laughs) yeah that's definitely believable coming from you pal (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, this is not your standard, uh, you may have seen by the episode title, this is not your standard Thunder program, this is one of our detours, uh, where we're going across to Monday nights to talk about Nitro, and Lee, would it shock you to learn that we have not watched an episode of WCW Nitro since August of 2021? Wow, really? Yes, and this is our first uh, Nitro on um, Voices Wrestling. It is, yeah, it is just... That
1: That's a long time
2: actually. Yeah, yeah. Long, long time. It was literally the the start of well, actually maybe it wasn't. Hold on. <laughs> I might be I might be talking absolute shit here, Lee. Uh but I feel like that's when I looked it up. Um <laughs> Uh, but it is suffice to say it has been a while we have not we have definitely not done one on Voices of Wrestling yet. I love
0: that you're now you are now backtracking because you are not at all sure in yourself. no I said I said it
2: with full-throated confidence and then I don't know what happened but I have very very quickly started losing that confidence yeah 6th of August 2021 never doubt yourself Lee that's a life lesson um So we kind of, like, we do this a little bit differently. There's no uh, Finnish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga on these shows. um, And they are quite exhaustively long shows. Um, So there will be a couple of segments that are literally just get very quickly referenced and then we move on. Because not only are these shows long, but, Lee, these shows are bad.
0: Yeah, so I think we can say this off the bat. And we be we both said this separately without prompting from the other. This may be one of the worst episodes of wrestling television I have ever seen.
2: Yeah. And the length is only part of that reason. Um Now. The thing about the thing about it is that we don't we don't always go over to Nitro. Again, this is only the fifth time in like three years of doing this show that we've gone over to Nitro. We only do it for significant for either good or bad reasons uh events that occur on it so we're going to have a couple of nitros coming up in thick and fast because we've got this one and then literally the next nitro is the is the the canada nitro with goldberg versus brett so we're going to watch that but this the reason we picked this lee is so sorry what's this we the reason I actually I believe it was some of our listeners in the VOW Discord that pointed this one out to us to, to put on the calendar. Um, this is the nineteen ninety nine spring breakout episode of Nitro, Nitro episode one eighty four, dated the twenty second of March nineteen ninety nine, coming from Club La Villa in Panama City, Florida, the Redneck Riviera Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, this this uh, again. I've started doing this since last Thunder. Uh, I'm wherever I see the rating, I'm going to put it in inexplicably a three point nine rating.
0: Yeah, like uh, uh, why? What were people doing that they stuck out watching this show?
2: One thing that I uh, I sort of it annoys me in the moment, but in terms of being able to skip through stuff, the amount of replays on this show. Oh my God,
0: I I lost my reason. I. I counted there was uh, sorry, I didn't count but I should have counted there had to have been about fifteen replays or segments or interview flashbacks yeah. or before we even got to the second match
2: uh, I think twice on this show they uh they show you something that they had already shown you mm-hmm um. And they're like, the thing about this Lee, is like there's hitting something home that they think is important and then there's overdoing it.
0: Nothing yeah. they were doing at this point was important. That That's no. the worst part. <laughs>
2: yeah, for sure. Uh, let's just go for it, buddy. Let's go. We get a soft focus recap of Flair's <laughs> promo from last week. Uh, I'm Re- just going to say
0: so- recap is probably going to be the most commonly used term on this show.
2: Hmm. Apart from boring, Maybe. Um, you know, the, the promo where he called himself like an all powerful, basically a deity. Uh and it's the one where something that I, I I had never credited WCW with this, but this is the thing that people used to clown on WWF, WWE for, where it's like the champion comes out and then is immediately beset by a series of challengers. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's what happened, as you might remember from our last episode, where Goldberg comes out to confront him and then Nash and then Hogan. This leads to a tag team match later in the night, which they show us. Um, That was Flair and Goldberg versus Nash and Hogan. It ends in a fuck finish because you have Charles Robinson refusing to do the count because, you know, remember his referee's discretion from the pay-per-view. And then Goldberg spearing Hogan. So we're firmly in the... Charles Robinson is in Flair's pocket territory. More on that later, sadly. Um, but hey, they kick off. We got our fireworks, our pyro, our ballyhoo. Um, it's spring breakout. Let's talk about the venue. Club La Vila in Panama City. Yeah. What do you think of it? An absolute dive. I, so I think the visual of it the ring being in the middle of a giant pool party is awesome. Okay, the the overhead shot to open yeah. the show, very good. Yeah, the shot
0: of the hard cam with the, you know, the balcony in the background where people are kind of dancing and having a drink or whatever. Not the worst, but then as you get get more of a look around
2: the venue, it yeah. doesn't look like the best place in the world. I'll be honest. Mm. They um, they don't visually like a maximize the, the venue at all like they don't apart from that one overhead shot mm-hmm. they don't make it look really cool and summery which absolutely sucks um now one thing and i think we, we've said this before
0: on on previous shows WWE never ever alter the look of their shows that no. So I will absolutely give credit to WCW for doing this, doing Road World, doing different things to make shows stand out and make them feel important. Mm-hmm. I think AW do a good job of that. Like they, yeah. whenever they go back to Jacksonville, it feels different to any other Dynamite yeah. or Rampage. Mm-hmm.
2: And this, this is kind of like this feels similar. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like they, they really, it, like it is a bit of a dive of a venue, but there is stuff you could have done to make it look better. There's angles you could have shot it from to mm-hmm. make it look more special. Like essentially, you know, you were saying the hard cam shot, it doesn't look too bad. But the thing that I hate about the hard cam shot is that it doesn't like, I want the wide shot with the pool. Yeah. Like, but they're closing in enough that it could be fucking anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like immediately removing the specialness of it. Um, talk about ex- uh, immediately removing the specialness of something uh, just be- just as i'm taking in how great it is uh, the pool is uh, that there is a pool there and therefore somebody must be going into the pool later we then go to a long recap of the hardcore match from uncensored and chastity aligning with hack um i don't know why Again, this is a running theme at Nightly. I don't know why this flashback needed to be that long, but it certainly was that long.
0: Well, all I can imagine is that too many of the wrestlers got drunk this that day on the beach. And yeah. a couple of them had
2: to be pulled oh, from the show. Oh, oh, we saw some video of some wrestlers having a mighty fine time at the beach mm-hmm. that week. Uh, uh, that, is, that is eminently believable, my friend. Um, our opening contest on Nitro, and I feel maybe I have completely cursed us with my running bit about the art of the opener on this show. Yep. Uh, because our opener on this show is Van Hammer versus bull pain. I
0: mean, if there's two people that ever scream spring break, it is Van Hammer and bull pain. I, Dave, this is one of the fucking worst matches you'll ever see on TV.
2: Um, it was very windy, very obviously windy in Club La Villa, but it was ice cold in the ring. <laughs> that is for sure. This was horrendous I from start to finish. They they locked up and there was already boring chance. Yeah. This, and look, let's just get into it straight away. This is some goddamn gear that Bull Payne has on. I've never seen anything like this.
0: Um, I'm,
2: I'm about to I, I think I'm about to coin a term. Go for it. Paunch cleavage Paunch cleavage <laughs> He He had gear on That seemed Exclusively designed To accentuate his pot belly
0: Yeah I can see that uh, Um, I think he looks like A really low rent yeah. Member of demolition Yeah
2: luckily, as men of carriage we we totally uh we totally support the uh the beatification of the dad bod in all mm-hmm. its glory, but this is this was like it was borderline racy if you were into <laughs> if you were into a fellow with a belly um
0: yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know what you want me to say to that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What, 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 do you want to talk about the fucking match do you <laughs> no I'd rather just not do this
0: <laughs> yeah um um they, Van Banhammer won. I mean, Jesus Christ! That tells you all you need to know about this.
2: Do you know what the Do you know what the moment that really got me in this match that tells you how boring this was and how how just uninterested people were in these guys is that they went to the outside really quickly and in the opening match of a three hour show they're already teasing pool spots. And again, if there's a pool there, someone has to go into it. It's just the law. Mm-hmm. So you knew someone was going to go into it, even though for a while here I was saying that they're actually not going to do it. But they tease it in the first match And no one reacts No, nobody cares Imagine boring people That are this visibly drunkly <laughs> Because This was This made I don't know This made The the level of Intoxication that was apparent In this spring break crowd Made Sturgis look like a Boy Scout rally <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah the the crowd weren't um they they yeah they weren't into this at all and i don't think any amount of booze or
2: other substances could have helped van hammer just refused to even try because there is as per usual in his matches Nothing resembling urgency in what he does. Like I will say, at least when Bull Payne has brief moments in this match, he's doing like he's at least moving with a bit of pace. Mm. You know, I'm not saying it's great pace, but I'm saying at least he's, he's he seems to be trying. He's just not very good at it. Um,
0: the 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 thing I noticed about Hammer the most in this match was that his boots were half tied.
2: Oh uh, yeah, that and was, it was
0: very distracting.
2: Yeah. Um. L- the highlight of this match Might have been Larry Zbysko on commentary Asking Brain to uh, Brain and Tony To clarify Are there actually sharks In the water And Tony Disappointingly says There are not <laughs> No it's It's Tanay
0: and uh, Tony Tanay is on the call All night with With Tony And then
2: Oh yeah sorry not Brain La- Larry no, no, no. is replaced by
0: Brain Halfway yes, through. Yes no,
2: that's right My, my mistake <laughs> Um so yeah as you said Van Hammer wins with the flashback which is like a very lazy one shouldered Alabama slam yeah. fucking like you said lazy
0: no urgency Alabama slam
2: uh, and then like for reasons that are beyond my understanding he looks right down the hard cam and strikes like a 20s pugilist pose <laughs>
0: because which is not that, his gimmick that's going to be his next gimmick
2: yeah, him and fucking Simon Grimm are going to take over the Indies.
0: That will be grim indeed.
2: Uh, um, we are brought to you on Nitro tonight by both Cineburst Gum and Baby Ruth. <laughs> we flash back to what seems like a much better Nitro with a much better match, and that's Kidman versus Ray. I would have been totally fine if they took up 10-15 minutes of the program just showing that entire match. But they didn't they, Dave. Sadly, this is the one replay on the whole show they decided to cut short. Instead, they gave us Ricky
0: Rackman. Yeah. Is that am I saying his name right? Rackman. Yes.
2: Did you did you know Ricky Rackman?
0: I recognise Ricky Rackman, but I don't know why.
2: So he's an M T V guy. Yeah, that's what I was Basically, thinking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's an M T V guy. So um if you saw any American MTV stuff in the 90s, you know, mid to late 90s, there's a chance you may have seen him on stuff before. I'm not sure what his, like, does he do more dates with WCW or not? I couldn't tell you. Um, I, but I, one th- one he, thing I will say for Ricky, he genuinely seems like he's a fan. Yeah, true. Yeah, to be fair, he he interacted with the wrestlers and seemed to know a little bit. Um, he has no personality. No. No, he's just like the most generic MTV VJ. Like, do you remember in that period, late, like, actually mid 90s through mid 2000s, there was just like a production line of these, they're just guys. Mm -hmm. And he was the one that where they clicked the tattoo option on. Yeah. (laughs) When they got him off the production line. But yeah, no real. Apart from the fact that he seemed genuinely interested in wrestling and fair play to him, I wouldn't say he was like a negative on proceedings by any chance. He was definitely better on this show to me than Gene Okerland, who once again, like, Gene has long since passed into unbelievably annoying territory in his segments.
0: Gene who actively sabotages the show anytime he's on. And the people he's interviewing. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um so he's here with Ray. Ray is having a great time as his Conan tune plays in the background. Um he is offering a rematch to Kidman at Spring Stampede. Yes. <laughs> this is maybe just knowing that this match is coming is maybe my highlight of the whole show.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus, something to look forward to. Um, as I said many times, Spring Stampede '99 might be my most anticipated show
2: before we even started this this uh, podcast. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, game on, my friend. Um, Miss, <laughs> we we then cut to they were doing like a Mister and Miss Nitro thing at the beach all weekend no they weren't Panama it was City. a
0: Cineburst ad
2: yeah oh that's like I will say they really Cineburst gum got value for money out of this deal because they basically uh, what from what I understand is WCW spent the entire week at the beach running up to people and telling them you need to shout bite the burst as loud as you can into this camera because we get about what two minutes of this
0: easily two minutes if not longer just yeah. pure 90s it's somebody somebody in a bikini shouting bite the bursts. then you know a couple of quick shots of wcw wrestlers then another couple of hot women in bikini and bikini shouting like bite the burst some sort of
2: some sort of ci- like cinnamon gum based raffle yeah um I, I love in the shots that they have of the, the wrestlers just uh Buff and Perry Saturn completely out of gimmick, just like look, flirting with girls. Looking very happy with themselves, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're having a great time. I love, there's not one chance in this world uh, anyone would dare have a conversation with Perry that weekend about asking them to show up in gimmick. <laughs> uh, yeah. They did mention some guy called Lucas Check won whatever raffle they were doing and won a thousand dollars, so nothing to be sniffed at
0: yeah well it depends what you spent it on mm.
2: uh, Ricky is back then in the next segment with Disco Inferno slagging off the the women of the Redneck Riviera always classy that Disco Um, what a heel <laughs> and then oh my god this was the most 1999 moment of the whole show where um, so Ricky starts off by saying I, I found out the way to make college kids silent is to get Disco to tell a joke and then that leads to Disco calling him Yakov Smirnov, and then doing a Yakov Smirnov joke. And there is nothing more end of the nineties into early two thousands than referencing Yakov Smirnov. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy shit! Talk,
0: talk about shit that was of its time.
2: Oh my god, that is a proper like way back machine moment. Um, all you're missing was a Jerky Boys
0: reference. Yeah, like, honestly.
2: Uh, buff and Scott, uh, a, a, a melodramatic breakup video package. <sighs> I
0: Dave, I'm devastated.
2: The goofs have broken up. Um, but w- one,
0: one thing I'm here for, I am absolutely here for
2: Babyface Buff. Oh, 100%. And thus Babyface Judy re- returning eventually. <laughs> um, So, uh, Scott is about to throw Buff out of the NWO. Uh, but both points out to him the fans are carrying his signs. and Maybe it's just that Scott is jealous. Scott viciously beats him down, so they have split. Um, in the most, I think, bizarre segment on the whole show. I love this. I absolutely we get, love this. We get twenty <laughs> seconds of Finley just showing up to Rick Steiner's house. No, it's not his house. It's, no, it's like, where he's staying, isn't it? It's like a cabin yeah. in the back of the arena where him and a referee who is in full like work attire are hanging out.
0: But it's just like Finley said he would go to his house, so of course he goes to the cabin or whatever it is he's staying in. Yeah. And just starts banging on the door going, Steiner, Steiner, come out.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then there's no real confrontation. It's like, yeah, just making sure you're here. Oh. Uh, okay, I, love I loved it. I
0: loved it. Ah, uh, Gimme uh, gimme we... comedy Finley. Fuck this serious guy. Then
2: Back to Flair's promo oh last week. God. They literally showed us this promo in a more concise way half an hour ago.
0: Yep. And they literally cut cut all of it off again at Goldberg Spearing Hogan. Yeah. So you don't actually see the big heel Rick Flair walking out on the match.
2: Then we get a video another video package, this time of Goldberg at NASCAR, and I guess like in one respect, you're kind of like Yeah, it's cool because NASCAR is hugely popular and you're showing that, you know, WCW is popular with that audience. You know, that little bit of kind of brand synergy makes a lot of sense. But when it's come at the end of these like half dozen segments in a row of pre-tapes and sponsorship things, it's just like, I just don't care. Mm -hmm. I just don't care. Back to Ricky again, who, boy, they are really working, this guy. It's like, you know, they pay Buffer, who's here again later, like an ungodly amount of money to speak for 30 seconds. They probably pay Ricky a tenth of what they're paying Buffer per show. And they have him. He's working harder than any wrestler. In this oh, show. yeah. He's nice. he's
0: all over the show.
2: Yeah. Um. So he's with Hack who says now, after the events of Uncensored, that you must now refer to him as Hardcore Hack, the King of Extreme. (laughs) Later on, Lee, Hardcore Hack will be facing fucking Goldberg.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've just had Dave Meltzer talk about a match that should have been built up for weeks on television. I would argue you should have given at least a teaser the previous week that you were going to do Sandman versus Goldberg.
2: You should have given me more warning than this. I was just like, "What the f-? like?" Uh, There's not the match I would have put in for either of them, but here we go. No,
0: like that's what I mean. It's so unusual. I think you should have done like even on Thunder, just yeah. fucking build and just say Goldberg versus Hardcore Hack.
2: Um, I love that when he challenges Goldberg, um, I think as a tone he just goes, "He's not well, ladies and gentlemen." <laughs> <laughs> um. Ricky does a good job here at the end of the segment though because he puts over he's like everybody in the world is talking about Goldberg at the moment then we get 60 seconds with Goldberg those packages are always good yes they are and this is exactly what you should have done Uh, I write do more of this and less of everything else so far on this show this is the one thing that they got in a nice concise tight little package it definitely wasn't actually 60 seconds But it felt snappy, it felt quick, it was well edited, it was very 1999, Mm -hmm. and it gets Goldberg over as being a fucking killer. So that's what you want. Next up, Lee, we have an eight-man tag team match. We do. uh, Featuring some luchadors. Uh, But firstly, I want to get you to tell me, how many segments do you think it's been on this show since a wrestling match? Nine. Close. Ten. This is segment 13. <laughs> and we Jesus last had a match Christ. in segment three. <laughs> we're still in the, like, opening 45 minutes of the show.
1: <laughs> yeah. So,
2: this match pitches. Uh, we've got uh, Damien, La Parca, Liz Mark Jr. and Super Kolo <sighs> versus Seikosis, El Dandy, Silver King and La Cucaracha. Which I definitely isn't yeah. racist at all. Yeah,
0: and I wonder who that could be under the Mascara's mask.
2: <laughs> it's the best thing, right? Okay, so firstly, you, like me, it took no less than half a second to realise that this was Disco Inferno, yes, right? Yeah. Okay, grand. Um, I could not get enough of how disgusted Mike today was about him in a Mascara's mask. I
0: also love that it was a he, um Zabisco got in a couple of digs at, at uh Mill Yeah. About not yeah. selling and stuff.
2: Yeah. 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 Um I was like finally a match but as soon as I saw like Cucaracha, it told me that there was just going to be shenanigans. Um, it was a pure comedy match.
0: It was, it was work yeah. for comedy basically.
2: Yeah. But again, some of the guys in this regardless of whether they're doing straight stuff or comedy can't help but be entertaining. Um, a couple of notes I had during the entrances here: Leparca's gear fucking rocks. Mm-hmm. Like he's got this kind of like it's not quite the like the plasticky pound shop skulls on the shoulders, and he's got more. It looks like armor. It, it's yeah, it's it's road warrior esque shoulder yes. pads. Yes,
0: like without the spikes, it was very good.
2: Looks awesome, Lizmark fucking rocks. Oh, oh like man, keep, I love Lizmark we keep saying that Liz Mark, I think you know uh, pretty much all of these luchadors are criminally underutilised but the one that I'm disgusted by us not seeing is Liz Mark, because I think this might be maybe the third time we've ever seen yeah. Liz Mark. Dude, like even at the start we used to see a good bit of Super Calo mm-hmm. and a good bit of Silver King and stuff like that but like we've still got precious little Liz Mark Jr.
0: I mean the dude has like grey height he's a great look yeah, I mean, he's a junior. He can play into his, you know, his father's history in the business. If you want to go yeah. down that route, and he can wrestle to a decent degree from what we've seen.
2: Yeah, Super Calo uh, got a slightly different version of his mask on. He rocks. We, we've we've talked about how much we appreciate Super Calo mm-hmm. on the show before. And Damien is also here. Um, we get some bad comedy at the start with La Cucaracha. Then it comes to a brawl kind of starts to be a straight match again for a little while with, um, Sekosis and Laparca, um, rapid tags in and out, some dives near the pool. Uh, my first and maybe my only shriek of horror on this show came, uh, when, uh, El Dandy nearly snapped Parka clean in half with a suicide dive.
0: Yeah. Um, Just before that, Liz Mark did a suicide dive over the top where, again, he went headfirst towards the ground.
2: It was Undertaker, Sim Snooker. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then that was followed up by Dandy. Absolutely. Do you remember Homer falls over the fire hydrant in The Simpsons?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes.
0: This This hurts more than it looks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was (laughs) Parker. I mean, Dandy kills him.
2: It looked like it absolutely sucked. Uh, Then they do a running comedy bit where absolutely everybody is trying moves and dives and missing every single one of them. And then out of nowhere, as if you didn't already figure out who it was, La Cucaracha then hits a bunch of last dance stunners and wins. Um, And then does like a really up-close look down the camera and you can clearly see Glenn Gilberti's stupid fucking face poking (laughs) through the holes in the mask. Hey, was uh, Glenn Gilberti
0: on the uh, Impact twenty year anniversary show?
2: Uh, none of the bits I was paying close attention to because I was kind of double screening. Yeah, good. because uh, I was that like, way. yeah, I was kind of. I had um, I had anniversary on mute while I was actually paying attention to this show, and I was only pausing when interesting stuff would happen on Slammiversary. So I definitely paused so I could tear up during the Taney and Don West video package, and. Lost my mind when I saw America's Most Wanted come back as well.
0: Can kind of just um, say, AMW fucking rock. I love AMW.
2: Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. No arguments here. G- Garrett uh,
0: Kidney uh, resurrecting their reputation on You've Got to Be Kidding Me is one of the best things he's ever done.
2: Yeah. It's 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 his masterwork. Uh, we then get another beach video package for Mr. WCW Nitro. And then, it's my favorite thing about Nitro, is that like here in going into hour two is where we do oh yeah we should do the opening video package for nitro
0: yes well because wasn't the first hour unopposed every unopposed,
2: week yeah so this is the this is the bit where raw comes on the air so mm-hmm. it's like we need to remind people who we are um and i think it like again i think it's it, like it's i find it funny but i also do think it's a good idea uh because theoretically when you don't have bull pain and van hammer it's cool to do a cold open to a show and start hot mm-hmm. in an unopposed hour to keep people engaged. Um, uh, you then get smart, casual J.J. Dillon, which I was very unsettled by. <laughs> um, and Flair. Uh, he's he. They're kind of like, they're doing one of those things, again, it's a pet hate of ours, like, where uh, wrestlers pretend they can't see the camera that's right in front of them. Yeah. And they're they're plotting that Flair only wants to wrestle the mid card or the cruiserweights it, it, and then go party with Aaron. In the back of the arena where everybody is. Yes. I I did laugh at the going partying with Aaron because no doubt that is really what he wanted to do. Yes. In Panama a, City. Absolutely. Um then we had oh my God, what I wrote this, as oh, this was fucking a awful. fucking bizarre. Interview segment Dave, Dave.
0: I have great respect for what Dusty Rhodes did <laughs> in NXT. I feel
2: like I feel like every time we bring up Dusty Rhodes on any of our programmes, we end up slagging him off. And we actually love Dusty.
0: genuinely great respect for him. Some of his promos are legendary, brilliant, great talker. Many great matches. time we've encountered <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. He has been fucking awful. Like yeah. all time one of the worst characters on this fucking show in the history of Nitro. I'd like I'd yeah. put him up there with one of the, all of the bad ones. Yeah. What what was the fucking um Oh fuck what was his name? Reno. Awful Reno. character.
2: <laughs> Dusty. We're still a while away from the heyday of Reno.
0: Dusty is worse than him. Um,
2: was it Reno had the. what later then obviously becomes known as the Crossroads as his finish? Yes. they the, uh, roll, the, the, roll, the dice. roll the dice. Yeah, roll yeah. the dice. Yeah. Which I thought. i tell you, I hated Reno, but that was a sick looking move in, in 2000.
0: Um, who else was an awful character from the early days? The Renegade. Dusty yeah. is worse. I mean, just. <laughs> this promo.
2: So this is him and Tanay sitting like on the beach. In front I guess. in front
0: of a camera where Dusty is like, Has this been approved by WCW? It's like, obviously Dusty, there's a fucking camera here.
2: Yeah. I like yeah, like Tanay is gonna be the maverick going out without WCW's approval anyway. He's got a new haircut as well. It's like buzzed sides and slicked back on the top. The glasses
0: look too small on his face. Like he's yeah. fucking morpheus.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He wishes he looked like Morpheus. Um, I mean, this was just so self-serving. Why was this on the show? And did you find it very difficult to understand what the point of any of it was? Yeah, the best part of it was Larry Bisco's burial afterwards. Yeah. Like, so what I've gotten from it is basically, Flair gassed him up to kind of get him on side for... I, I don't yeah, know rem- why.
0: remember Dusty was the the referee... In Was it Wyndham against Malenko or something? Oh, yeah. And he he turned his back on the NWO. Because remember, Barry Wyndham was in the NWO. That's right, yes. Along with Dusty. And Eric Bischoff trusted these two guys.
2: Yeah. And we had, like... Him explaining that. I think Flair promised that he could be commissioner.
0: Yes, so... If he helped. Apparently, Flair had said he'd be commissioner if Flair ever became president. Yeah. But then Flair made J.J. commissioner. Mm-hmm. So J.J. is no longer on the championship committee as a representative. He's now commissioner. Yeah. Flair is president for life. Mm-hmm. Um, Dusty is now a consultant to WCW. Yeah. Dusty takes credit for Flair being the president. He says, you know, he set it all up. Hit him and Flair were in flare cahoots, apparently, at one stage. Um, Then Dusty said that he would have been on commentary only for he was too expensive. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about burying yourself there. Yeah. <laughs> um, he rips on Larry Z
2: for not being entertaining enough. It's just like... Like I said, it was so self-serving. And... Ser- and... and- very little point besides that. Like he ends on the point where I think he's trying to book himself into a world title feud with Flair. Where he's just I, like, I'm I'm wondering are we on good terms, Daddy? Yeah, it's like And he still refers to himself as the Bull of the Woods. Yeah. I can't envisage a world title programme in nineteen ninety nine I would less want to see than Flair and Dusty Rhodes. Which sounds again, if you don't know anything about what the state of Dusty in 1999 or the lack of interest we have in Flair's character at the moment. It it sounds insane to say I don't want anything to do with Flair versus Dusty but honestly, just the idea of it, I'm like, ugh. Now, look, Dusty
0: soon goes to ECW and has a fucking grey feud with Steve Carino. Yeah. So I will absolutely give the man credit for all the good stuff he did. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel he gets called out on the bad stuff half as much as he should.
2: No. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, this was just. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. That, uh, listen,
0: you want to talk about bad? We come back to fucking Mean Gene in the ring.
2: Yeah, Mean Gene in the ring with Ric Flair, uh, as you kind of alluded to there, uh, Lee. The the other lads burying tonight. Uh, I loved Tony. Just uh, was it Tony or was it still Larry when he was slagging him off? Just going the fucking like a bit the vacant expression. And it says That clearly Today had no idea what Dusty was talking about at the end of the interview. I'm pretty sure it was I Larry, just yeah. signed off really confused. Flair's whole entrance God bless God bless Tanay was a superstar in that segment.
0: F- Flair's whole entrance is eaten up by Larry Z cutting a promo on <laughs> Dusty and Tony just egging him on the whole time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Tony was having a bit of fun this week. And yeah. I appreciate that. Oh,
0: Tony was in full wind up mode.
2: Yeah. Um, Raven almost immediately interrupts Flair um, saying he has never received a title match um, Flair grants him him and Canyon a shot at the world tag team titles uh, it was hard to tell all this Lee because uh, most profitable co- uh, wrestling company in the history of the earth cannot get their sound equipment right huge forced feedback during this interview mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah
0: so Raven comes out, interrupts Flair, says he wants a world title shot. Flair says, No, how about I'll give you a tag title shot with Canyon? And Raven says, "Uh, You know Canyon's not here. He's off shooting a Jesse Ventura movie.
2: Yeah, I know. It's such a weird. Oh. Unless that shit is fucking Abraxas, I don't want to know about it.
0: I mean, what could possibly be a Jesse Ventura movie in 1999?
2: Uh, Will I find out while you're talking?
0: Please do. So Raven basically says, oh, so it has to be a handicap match. Flair goes, yes. Yes, it does. Um, Then Flair moves on to talk about Goldberg. Sorry, uh, talk about his lottery that um, he has set up for later on tonight. Um, Loud Goldberg chants. Yeah, in the back, and these Flair's was like, "Oh yeah, well, uh, it could be Goldberg," and that's all the notes I took because I have no interest in Ric Flair at this point
2: anymore. So, um, we have got a couple of options here, neither of which are technically actually a feature length movie. <laughs> so it could have been either a short film he was in called Twenty Twenty Vision where Jesse Ventura played the character of buddy one Arm Sanchez
0: sounds like something Jesse would do
2: or uh, a single episode of Arliss that he was in as himself Chris Canyon or Jesse Jesse I I think Raven well I don't know if he was bullshitting or if, like, whatever film this was was actually so bad, even on the Jesse Ventura scale, that it never saw the light of day.
0: I'd love to find out. We should try and find out about what exactly oh. this was.
2: Oh. Oh. Okay. We may have a future nominee for At The Movies. Oh, no. What is it? A one hour and 27 minute TV movie, The Jesse Ventura Story. Is
0: this like Lifetime?
2: I'm trying to... It looks like it's actually... Yeah, no, it is a dramatic movie. It's not a documentary. I'm looking at the guy playing Jesse Ventura here. (laughs) And Canyon is in it playing Chris Canyon slash Morris.
0: How does Chris Canyon slash Morris come into the Jesse Ventura story? (laughs) I don't Did Jesse Ventura introduce
2: like Or unless 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 what they mean is He's credited as Mortis (laughs) Oh That would be the absolute best I'm trying to see if there's any actors I really recognise in this Oh this is Yeah he's playing Canyon slash Mortis In this Was Oh my god No we have to see this Uh... So Raven's in it as Raven as well But Bill Goldberg is in it as Luger and I really hope he means Lex Luger.
0: So Gold thus putting the wig on Goldberg may have not have been the first time Goldberg wore a wig.
2: Oh my god. I really wanna see this. I'm so excited, okay. I want to talk about this instead of talking about this stupid fucking show. I
0: think we're going to have to get our people to find a copy of this. It's,
2: it's got an IMDb rating of 3.7 out of 10. That's a lot higher than I would have thought. Oh uh, Yeah, they are particularly hard markers on IMDb, so it might actually be all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's probably more... Yeah, don't
2: worry, I, f- I found the movie. I'd
0: say it's more uh, historically correct than Young Rock, so...
2: Okay, I I do you know what I'll I'll tease it right now. That's replacing my pick for the poll this month.
0: I I might actually vote on that one.
2: So if you want us to watch the Jesse Ventura story and review it, you're gonna to have to join the Patreon. Fucking hell. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> okay, what's next? Because I completely lost the run of myself here. That's oh, uh, to-
0: I was just gonna say that's Patreon.com forward slash WCW Thunderpod.
2: Yeah. Uh, we get a brief shot of the the commentary team here for once, uh, and I'll tell you, Tony is he's serving looks this week. He has got a a white ringer tee and got above a leather jacket.
0: You think Lois that of a house like that?
2: I I well, Lois would be powerful, powerless to resist him looking like that. <laughs> Absolute hunk. Speaking of hunks, we've got some hunks of beef here in this next match as Fit Finlay takes on Rick Steiner in a dad battle. Wasn't great, was it?
0: No, no. The highlight of this match was the confrontation before it.
2: <laughs> this isn't uh this isn't Fit Finlay ha- still hasn't gone into his hardcore brawling ways that you're really looking forward to. This is still Hang on, hang I'm gonna on. I'm going to get hang you in the ring and slap a hang hold Hang on. on. You.
0: I did not say really looking forward to it I said tolerable
2: uh, uh, Lee I believe you said uh, greatest wrestler to ever lace a pair of boots Fit Finley. but <laughs> you talked about that
0: he may not even be the best guy in that gimmick at that time because Brian Nobbs might have been better than him
2: <laughs> So like he may not be the best wrestler to have the surname Finley. <laughs> yeah obviously Hornswoggle yeah yeah of course yeah Hornswoggle McMahon Finlay yeah um, <laughs> It, it is very much wrestled at dad speeds. Uh, Fit has tried to keep Rick Steiner grounded with holes. Uh, Steiner comes back with a, a pretty good looking DDT and then the Bulldog, but a, a snooze apart from that. Yeah,
0: the, um, it also only took them 90 minutes to mention that uh, there's a US title tournament, Dave. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh,
2: yeah, I was. Uh, this is the rare case of they really should have told somebody uh, what we were talking about on Thunder last week.
0: Um, they then rush out, like, later on, a video package about the US title tournament.
2: Yeah. Uh, recapping an entire promo yet again. Like, video packages, putting it very generously. Um, Then we get the Nitro Girls and also the arrival of Bobby Heenan. Thank God. Love, Brian. Um Then we get a singles match. And possibly, in some ways, the most intriguing match on the show, I think. Hoovy versus El Vampiro. Um the first thing I was struck by in this match is that really hits home how fucking big Vampiro yeah, is. Yeah, Vamp is a
0: big guy, isn't he? Yeah, because um, like
2: who Hoovy's obviously a small dude, he's a cruiser, but he's not like the most diminutive cruiser weight, no. but Vamp looks like a fucking giant.
0: He really does. I have to say, to be fair to him, he looks in good shape. Um yeah. one thing I wanted to know I thought it was very strange that Hoovy was, in fact, wetter than the
2: swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, he was. It's like he'd swum through the pool to get to the ring. Like, he was just at the bar and took a dive in and came up. I mean,
0: it, it's not often you see people this wet when they're not getting out of a shower lake.
2: Do you know what? I was actually, like, the bar just reminded me of this. Is like, do you know who a character is? who would seem like a comedy character WCW would have but was actually a modern day WWE uh, comedy character who absolutely would have made the most of the pool and his entrance would be Elias Elias would have absolutely strummed his way to the the ring while on a lilo I was just going to say sitting in a dinghy with like a cocktail yeah. in the little thing, yeah, absolutely. Do you ever see like that? Was when I turned a corner on his character when he was doing the the drifter thing. Mm-hmm. Was when I saw a video of him at like some. I think it was an NXT show they were doing in a venue that had a bar at it, and he just sat at the bar entrance, the whole time. He was he was already sitting at yeah. the bar when his music yeah, yeah, started yeah, yeah. and the spotlight went on it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, this this, this thing's got legs. I think, uh, dog shit professional wrestler, but the the, the shtick yeah, was pretty good was, for a while. Yeah, off a Samson. Uh, well no he's like, well, actually no he's back this week isn't he apparently is he the brother still or no no have you not seen this so they're doing the brother thing that he's not Elias but now for the Raw that's happening the night we're recording this they're teasing that Elias is actually coming back to prove once and for all that they're two different people he cannot grow a beard that quickly but that somebody was saying is like could you imagine if it actually does turn out they're two different people it would be like earth shattering
0: <laughs> it's the it, it is just the
2: Joseph of this Yes, line, yes, but not as good. Yeah, okay. What? Oh, come on. He's just looking for his brother, Chris, you know. Oh, no, look, look, I loved that it. That was great. I loved the Chris Parks fucking... Yeah. When he'd see his own blood and freak out and do abyss spots. Oh, my God. It's awesome. We should get Garrett on one of these. It just went on for way too long. Yes. Uh, you know, Story of TNA's life. Um, what, the company went on for way too long? <laughs> fucking hell, Dave. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it, Lee. You said it. Oh, I'm getting DMs from Garrett. Um <laughs> Garrett' so, f- th- fifty eight minutes in. <laughs> did you did you think that um did you think that this was for about eighty five percent of this, oh this is a squash match? Yes. <laughs> that's what it really felt like.
0: And it turned out we were both wrong. We were 100% wrong. Do you think this was a don't get ahead of yourself kid and the Hoovy driver is my fucking move kind of match?
2: I don't know. I, I couldn't get a read on it because they made Vamp look incredibly strong I and mean, then he just got beaten in a way that it wasn't like he just you know powered out a 3.1 and no, beat he got the beaten. dog fuck out of Hoovy. He got beaten. Like fair and square. It was really weirdly put together match. Um, I thought it was very
0: I, strange that Famp did like eight different kinds of powerbomb in the match. Yeah, yeah. Which they isn't look good, it, but uh, like it's not going to yeah. you know get him in well with his you know Booker.
2: No, because well that's what I say. Like his Booker and like half the fucking roster do some sort of powerbomb variation. Um, at this stage, but um. They oh they absolutely fucked a crossbody spot in this. They were going to do the thing where Hoovy, uh, does a crossbody into Vampiro when he's at the ropes, and they both go arse mm-hmm. over tea kettle. And like, Hoovy came in too low, and Vamp jumped too late, and they just ended up like caught in the ropes, yeah. and it looked terrible. Yeah,
0: that looked. That's a, I think that's a very difficult spot to pull off at the best of times. There's a high margin for yeah. error on it. Um, like how how many
2: Royal Rumble eliminations have you seen fucked up by that?
0: You
2: know, mm-hmm. um, they go through a break and then it's a bit more back and forth. But again, you get the vibe that Vampiro is being put over really strong. He absolutely talk about um the the power bombs he's doing in this. He does a spin out seated power bomb that I thought that's the finish because it yeah. looked like Hoovy was killed stone dead by us. He should have been. Yeah. Um, Hoovy sets up a four fifty, but he gets crotch,ed and then they go to do what I think at the start was supposed to be a top rope pile driver, um, but ends up as like a top rope gut wrench suplex. Um, it looked a bit messy. Um, and then absolutely out of nowhere, about twenty seconds after that, Hoovy driver and Hoovy wins. Yeah, a great looking Hoovy driver. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the 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 cruiserweight beat the bigger guy. I managed to have like in the in the the time it took for the hoovy driver to land and him to pin him. I had enough time to have the thought: it's like weird that they're just killing the hoovi driver as a finish in this match, and, and that, it, that was no, it. They weren't. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we have, I think, probably the nadir of the show. Um, absolutely hated this segment Uh, nothing to do with Ricky Uh, Ricky was back to announce Miss Nitro who was uh, this girl Julie Williams Mm -hmm. seemed like a very nice young polite girl who was just happy to be there waving to the crowd and everything Uh, and then (laughs) the only way I could describe it is uh, Nash and Hogan interrupt uh, beset by an army of scantily clad women definitely not college women no no um, they absolutely like it's all professional fitness models clearly yes like um, they do a survey to see who wins and then Hogan very much about it, dramatic, is like oh but one woman is missing uh, the crowd now this is very early instance I think the earliest recorded instance of what we now refer to as woke hero Kevin Nash yes I love this he one sh- part of the shut segment shut them down fantastic he fucking I this is like professional stand-up comedian levels of killing hecklers mm-hmm. st- in their seats. Uh, so the crowd are really obnoxiously chanting. And again, they have been drinking for hours at this point and it's the 90s. So I can't imagine they weren't expecting this, yep. the, the like the, the WCW producers and stuff. So the crowd are really obnoxiously chanting, show your tits at the, the women in the ring. Awful. Nash, without missing a fucking beat, just goes... Hey guys, I would, but it's awfully cold out there. And completely kill the champ oh, yeah, dead. dead. Just brilliant, an absolute hero. That's why you give that man the book, Lee. I've always said it. <laughs> anyway, the cuts to the ramp. Uh, uh, woman number eight, accompanied by gormless fucking Egypt, David Flair, uh, is Tori, aka Samantha, who I believe in this segment goes completely without a name. So she's gone from being referred to sometimes as Samantha to not having a name now. Yeah, she's just a hot person that's with the NWL. Uh-huh. Uh, her heel briefly gets stuck in the ramp um, and they don't cut the camera away quick enough for it not to be a bit embarrassing for her. Um, they do the thing where... Um, she, she has clothes Hogan. on. Yeah, Hogan really creepily goes, hey, it's a bikini contest, brother. Um, and she strips off and then they try to make Ricky pick the winner and he's like hey guys no you know I was here to do this Judy Williams lovely woman um I'm not going to get involved in this nwo thing nash grabs him puts him in powerbomb position and says you are going to decide he goes fine okay she's the winner pointing at tory
1: and no, then in
2: a... i believe he says fine i'll pick whoever you want <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah <laughs> And then Nash in a in a jab at the uh, the competition oh. says Sable eat your heart oh. out, which I think is like, it's weird because of how like they would end up doing what I was gonna say in hindsight, but very much at the time was an incredibly creepy uh, long angle with Sable and Tory then in WWE. But it's just funny because it'd be the first time that isn't it like around, one has been mentioned around the other? Isn't it
0: around this time that Sable showed up in the front row of an outro show?
2: Like after uh, post WWE, but pre her yeah, disappearance she, so, yeah, yeah, because she's done her heel turn by now. Yeah. Hasn't oh she? yeah, she was healed now yeah, by yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you, you're probably right. But yeah, uh, I, man, it look, would be would it be later this year that the lawsuit was filed? Yes, that would be the sexual harassment lawsuit against one Vince McMahon. Can't imagine why bringing that up would be topical on this show. But anyway, um. I'm not gonna say anything because if I do we might he get won't in stop yeah yeah um right next match <sighs> it's hack versus Goldberg cannot believe this match is actually happening um,
0: i genuinely think if they had to put some bill behind this they could have got a little
2: rating for oh I mean, They probably could have because like all the ECw fans would be like did you hear what fucking match they're doing next week on Nitro? Um, and I mean, we all know attacks rules. Yeah, even even for Goldberg, he looks fucking jacked here. Yeah, he is fucking in. It's it's action figure jacked yeah, peak physical condition. This is like a man who's about to be cast in Universal Soldier 2, Let me tell you. <laughs> here is another plug for DOT at the movies. I know. Oh, well, that's one I actually have down as a mainline episode of course you uh do. yeah so to to peek beyond uh, to peek uh behind the curtain here, I have three movies in between now and the end of um our run of normal shows that will be free movie shows on this, and it's uh universal soldier two um beyond the mat and uh ready to rumble'll we'll all be free shows <laughs> when they come around. That's fair. And Lee, Lee just nearly fainted at the prospect of having to watch all three of those. Oh, Beyond the Mat's great. Well, <laughs> no, Beyond the Mat is brilliant. So is ready to rumble, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in its own way. In its own way. Um, I will say, right, I firstly, absolutely stunned this match lasted more than a minute.
0: Yeah, actually, um, I enjoyed this. I don't...
2: Look, for what it was, and uh, they, they
0: did as much as they could to make Hack... A threat to Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a fine TV match.
2: Do you know what was a, what was a real take home from this match? Hack is a fucking huge human He's a being. big guy, yeah. <laughs> like See, I always, he's, I, he's, I remember when he showed up on Raw and people were like,
0: "Oh, he's gonna get be lost in WWE." But like, he matched up to a lot of the guys there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like he's not, he's obviously not in Goldberg shape, no. but like in terms of his physical frame, he's taller than Goldberg. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's like he's a big, big guy. Uh, I just couldn't get over that. Um, I do love my favorite spot in this whole match was when Hack gets out the cane, and he starts beating Goldberg with he's it. He just no sells it, and he just no sells it with increasing rage, and then just screams in his face. Um, Hack tries to do the cane-assisted Russian leg sweep, and he just brushes yeah. him off like he's a child does the power slam, an absolutely sick-looking spear, where it looks like top of skull went into liver. Yeah. Uh, then jackhammer, which, again, because he's such a big guy, always impressive when he gets the bigger guys up for the so jackhammer. easily as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not a bother on him. Curtains. Uh, and then, yeah, you get to see that those cane shots, uh, Hack doesn't pull his punches because Goldberg is bleeding from the top of the head. Again, just... If you're going to have Goldberg on your show, that's what you do with him. Yeah, There's a very specific spot on Goldberg's head where he seems to get juice all the time and it's right there. Because remember like, the time with his yeah. head button the locker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of other times it happens throughout his WCW run. And it's just like, he has like a small, like, two centimetre in diameter patch right at the top of his forehead that must look like, you know, Abdullah the Butcher's whole head. To be fair, anytime I get juice, it's from there as well. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely you wouldn't believe how often Lee blades on the show it's it's <laughs> unnecessary but he's he's committed Coming to into, his craft yeah, exactly. Lee uh, I am so beyond out of energy for Gene Oakerland at this point mm-hmm. so do you want to run us down his interview here with Brett not particularly but
0: <laughs> I will say Bret Hart's white Calgary hitmen shirt is I would absolutely wear that all day. It's badass. I actually had that written down as well. Um, now, it's well documented on this show that we have not been fans of Bret Hart in WCW. We feel he's been wasted. They have not done enough with him at all, especially coming off the screw job. You know, that thing that's still talked about fucking 25 years later. Yeah. All of that said, I think this was Brett's best segment.
2: Yeah, and that's in spite of Gene. Oh yeah, Gene's a fucking,
0: an absolute arse. But, I think this is the Brett Hart I want. I want Brett on his own, just absolutely hating on everybody. Just being bitter
2: and angry and just being... Leaning into the bitter Brett that people say he is. Yeah,
0: but he's also not being heelish either.
2: No. Because what he's saying at the core of it makes a lot of sense. He says, I've been here one year. Gene, do you know how many title shots I've gotten? Gene says, I don't know. He goes, try zero. Um, He says, I get no respect from the WCW. Which, in storyline and for real, is kind of (laughs) true. Like he mentions when he
0: came into the company, he be Fleur. Yeah. He says, uh, Brett, or fucking Gene brings up Hogan, and Brett says, Pfft. Look, that's never gonna happen. I've given up on this happening. But he absolutely knows I would beat him. Mm-hmm. Um he and he's like, Oh, it's the, the biggest match possible in the industry, but it's not gonna happen. Um Gene then brings up Nash and Brett's like, Look, been there, done that. Again, I can absolutely be him anytime he wants And he, mm-hmm. he refers to uh he says, Nash may be the pencil, but I'll absolutely be the eraser. So if you are in any doubt that Kevin Ash is the booker at this point, yeah, it's fucking blatantly obvious.
2: Yeah, again, like I'm not wild about the how inside we're getting, um, because like I'm, so something I've been thinking about a lot the last couple of weeks are like the instances in which I'm okay with that kind of fourth wall being broken because I know to some extent it's like look the magic is gone kayfabe is dead mm-hmm. so. I'm not as precious about it as I, I would have been back in the day. But I think this conversation came up again with the whole... The MJF promo his his pipe bomb um on, on Dynamite a couple of weeks ago. And I was kind of like of the opinion in that instance. Like I'm kind of fine with it because I can see... I, I think firstly people took it up the wrong way and thought, okay, this is the start of Tony can becoming a like an on-screen character in the way we've seen because i think that's when this stuff happens everybody remembers the way wcw did it and they're like it's automatically going to be the worst they, they
0: lean into it way too much
2: and yes like history and odds don't play in their favor here but again i like i i'm willing to give someone else a crack at this and see if if you know it can come out okay and Whatever about AEW, I think I've had really scattershot in terms of quality booking the last while. I think when stuff is in MJF's hands, he's batting a 1,000 mm-hmm. this year. So I'm totally down with that character. It makes sense for doing this kind of stuff. One of the problems I have with WCW, and this is before they're even really laying it on thick, is that it's up and down the card. Everybody is doing yeah, it's it. it's
0: way, way, way
2: too much apart in the show. Yeah, and... Like, again, if you listen to the exact verbiage of, uh, like, an MJF promo, MJF isn't, like, out and out saying, like, wrestling's fake in the middle of the promo, as would be so often. No, because because he's the thing WCW would do. He's MJF the character.
0: He's fired up about how he, that character is being perceived and
2: treated. It's not, oh, look, I'm Max Friedman. I'm fucking. Yeah. And he does say the Max Friedman bit. But again, this is like a. Do you know, in his case, again, this isn't like you know. Again, I'm not excuse, I'm not like saying everything AEW do is great. Again, I've had a huge amount of problems with a lot of stuff they've done this month, uh, for sure. But the thing I am thinking is that like if you know anything if you've been watching MJF for any length of time you know that there actually is no real distinction no. between he doesn't let you have a distinction between Max Stream and MJF so there was no like unless you're Sean and you absolutely believe everything yeah. you're told <laughs> oh my god Stick in the fucking bros. look he's SRS already blocked again. us it's a fine did he? oh yeah. <laughs> for fuck's sake Lee <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing me for? Well, because I didn't do the tweet. That would be why. (laughs) But anyway, uh, so getting back towards the point, um, the thing that rancors with me when WCW do it, even before they're laying it on thick, the more this year goes on and into the Russo era towards the end of the year, is that you have characters up and down the show doing this shit. Um, So it's not special. It's not different. It doesn't serve Mm -hmm. a purpose except to be like, nod, nod, wink, wink. We're smarter than you at home. Um, and that's kind of I really enjoy this Brett po- promo, and maybe because I know too much, the pencil thing kind of bothered me. Mm. Um, because you're acknowledging the existence of the Booker and the pencil, but I guess it's in nineteen ninety nine saying pencil is such an obtuse phrase that maybe it wouldn't have, it, it would, sails over most yeah, It heads. wouldn't have been
0: as obvious as calling him like. Like Pillman came out and just said Booker man, you know, like yeah, yeah. Whereas being the pencil and the eraser wouldn't have been as widely known a term. Yeah, like I'm, I'm yeah. sure Meltzer explained it the next week in the Observer okay. or whatever. Couldn't help himself, I'm sure. But like it wouldn't have been as widely known.
2: Yeah, and um, so I, I kind of like um. I liked his part of challenging Goldberg and saying he could beat him in five minutes, but I absolutely hated Gene's responses.
0: Gene downplaying the man he's interviewing and saying, you absolutely could not do this. Like, you're...
2: There's no... Yeah, there's no way. Whereas that, like, even within kayfabe, there are few people in wrestling you would think would more have a chance of beating Goldberg. At least you should think Mm -hmm. would have a better chance of beating Goldberg than Bret Hart. Um, Yeah. Brett was great here. I'm so ha- like, I Any flashes of Brett being interested and interesting, uh, we're going to grab onto on this show. It,
0: it is interesting that Nash is trying to
2: placate as many people as possible as a booker. Yeah. Because I, I guess with the reputation he had he, at the time, you probably would have thought, oh, Nash got the book and it's going to go entirely the other mm-hmm. way. You know, um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Like you said, placating more people than just like him, Hogan and Hall yeah. is very interesting. Like
0: Hogan's getting his thing; he's after being torn to face. Flair has the title, he obviously, as a a make good. I can only assume for the whole Iron episode. Uh, Ray Ray getting the big push after losing his mask. Yeah. Brett is getting something to sink his teeth into with Goldberg. Yep. Goldberg is getting the breath. Brett's stuff and he's still been
2: treated as a big deal despite losing to Nash. (laughs) I'm going to stop us here and move on to the next segment before we become uh, Nash booking tenure apologists. (laughs) Uh, Because I fear like, I fear that's that's how we're sounding at the moment. Uh, We then get uh, the Nitro Girls and they're doing a thing where like this incredibly drunk, incredibly sexist crowd could not have been less interested in the Nitro Girls coming out fully clothed as other wrestlers. Um, but I got to say, uh, big props to whichever one of the Nitro girls did, came out as Hogan and did the full beard and uh, handlebar. That That's commitment. And I like that they ran out of time very quickly here. And one of the Nitro girls you can hear just go, get out of the ring, guys, get out of the ring. <laughs>
0: because WCW, very organized as a company.
2: And because why wouldn't you want to rush out of the ring when we had such a classic match starting next? It's Horace versus Vincent.
0: Horace versus Vincent. Stevie Ray and Brian Adams get involved. These four guys are fucking morons.
2: Yeah. I did like that this match was so boring. No, no, no. It's nothing to do with the actual (laughs) match. This match was so boring and so bad that in the middle of it, Tony mused on philosophy. He was talking about human nature and wondering about, you know, Flair as president and champ. Does power corrupt everybody? It's a very very Um, deep conversation for a Monday night. Yeah, yeah. Him and Brain going back and forth about it. Uh, Brain saying any leader will become power hungry. It was uh, great stuff. This match wasn't though. Dog shit. Yeah, Vincent won. Absolute nerds. And then, yeah, they end up in a big kind of like confrontation, small brawl at the end. Uh, Then we get the lottery for the title shot. Uh, We've got the, the horseman in the ring with a big tombola. And I will say this, love when there's a tombola in wrestling. Um, they really, they, I do miss... I was going to say, they really need to bring it back for uh,
0: the Royal Rumble.
2: Oh, yes. Yes. Um. So, uh, backstage, so it's the number 23 is drawn and El Dandy has it and I love how... <laughs> Again, most profitable wrestling company in the history of the earth last year, and all they could do is have a badly, a badly like written twenty three on a sheet of A four paper that's badly folded, half folded, yeah. badly folded in the background. El Dandy shows the twenty three, and Ray is like, "Hey, I'll take that because he's in a sling. He's he's banjaxed from you know trying to murder La parker earlier. Well, Dave,
0: all I can say is, who's Ray Mysterio to doubt El Dandy?
2: I've he is El Dandy, in fairness. Um so Ray Ray takes it, he's gonna challenge Flair. Uh Flair obviously, because as we all know, he tried to fix this. He said, Wait, Ray's not in this, he's a champion. Uh I told you to fix it, he said to JJ. Uh, Ray says, This is his chance and he is going to take it. Mm-hmm. Um Then we get uh a horseman video scored to what would later become hardcore Holly's theme song. Yeah. As I think we've we've talked about this before. The, the yeah. Hollies
0: song was a, uh, what's, what's it called? Production library
2: um song. Yeah, yeah. So it would um, be used on ads over here. Public domain. Yeah, public yeah. domain. So Yeah, because it came up when, uh, earlier in our run, the Hardy Boys theme song, which is also mm-hmm. uh, on one of those libraries, came up. Which, which um, is amazing, considering people were so shocked that the Hardy's showed up with their original mm-hmm. theme song in AEW um we get a wcw world tag team title handicap match and lee again you know it's like someone saw into the future and saw how annoyed you were going to get by the idea of tag team titles being treated like shit (laughs) to start off with one man competing for both tag team titles one man competing for both tag team titles and yes Dave, i love this Raven as the Valiant Face is not something I thought I'd be into as much as I I'll am. get out of here. I, I'm here for... No, no, I didn't think I'd be into it, but I'm super into it. Did you not it.
0: watch his TNA run in real time? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. His run to, the, to
2: uh, the TNA title is fucking fantastic. Or the NWA title it would have been. Um, so this is like the horseman beating the shit out of him and him just not quitting. Yeah, like
0: he, uh, he gets beaten up for... Uh, Couple of minutes, and Malenko puts him in the cloverleaf, and then he won't quit, so he lets it go. So Benoit comes in and just straight away locks him in the crossface, and yep. Raven just screaming, "No, no, no!" Just great babyface fucking yep.
2: spot. Um. So they just keep beating on him. Benoit nearly loses him, getting up for a like a powerbomb spot. Uh, then Saturn comes out. Uh, to presumably attack Raven, Benoit says you can have our leftovers, but this is Horseman business. At which point Saturn attacks the Horseman House of Fire, dumping both of them with suplexes. Rings of Saturn on Dean, but Benoit breaks up uh, for the heat. Uh, <laughs> and I love Tony's line in here because it's such a like I've been what I've been in this company for too long. Line where he goes, Saturn is now part of this match, I guess, uh, which is good. Um, and yeah, this is like, what a story being told here in this tag match, because you essentially have Saturn who's doing his punishment thing, but he is willingly taking the entirety of the heat to allow Raven time to recover. Yeah, it, it's Saturn, the guy
0: who took Raven to his lowest moment, dis- yeah. disbanding the flock. the The guy who broke yeah. him. Coming out to be the one to save him from himself. Yeah.
1: And and I love um, that
0: it's not explicitly, you know, explained. Like, if this were WWE, like, they'd be screaming it down the
2: fucking mics. Yes. Yeah. But because this was, again, we said this was the best told story of 1998 mm-hmm. uh, for us watching the show, you didn't have to tell us. No. We could just put it together we weren't treated like idiots we could put two and two together we understood what like, was happening
0: since September Raven has just been more and more levels of broken and yep. the like one of the most standout ones was him against Benoit and he just passed out smiling
2: in the in the crossways yep. mm-hmm um wasn't expecting what a great hot tag guy Raven would be oh, here so good
0: I love Raven I
2: genuinely love Raven. Great hot tag. Um, even flow attempt stopped. Um, Saturn gets Benoit in the rings of Saturn. So they oh this finish right. So this is a DQ finish, but this is one of my favorite DQ finishes I've ever seen. Before you get to the finish, it's the setup for the finish.
0: Saturn's yep. reversal of the crossface into the rings of Saturn. Yeah, where Benoit throws the other way. He throws the arm. To lock, lock mm-hmm. down the other guy's arm for the crossface. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even describe what Saturn does, but he he leads it into like a trip
2: and yeah. so smoothly locks in the rings of Saturn in like about three motions. I would gladly watch these guys wrestle each other every single fucking it day. It is so good. And then, like you said, the finish I will leave up to you. So I, I just thought this was brilliant. Like, again it's a DQ finish so there's that but as far as like the story you tell with a DQ finish I loved this so Saturn gets Benoit in the rings as you beautifully described there my friend uh, Malenko is on the outside and so is Raven. And he's trying to get into the ring with the belt to break up the rings of Saturn. But him and Raven are kind of like grappling with each other. Raven's trying to stop him getting in. He eventually shakes Raven and gets into the ring. But as he's doing that, he doesn't notice that Raven has grabbed the other belt, gone around the other side of the ring. The two of them get in at the same time. They see each other and they dive at each other to hit each other with the belt over... The guy's in the rings of Saturn. So basically what you have is Raven clocking uh, Mm Malenko in the face with the belt as it seems like Benoit verbally submits to the rings, like almost simultaneously. And what you have is the referee. So the crowd pops massively because they think Raven and Saturn just won the tag team titles. Mm -hmm. And to me, this is like solidifying now that... Like Raven is just a baby face that people are yeah, into. You've got something here now. Yeah, there is definitely something here, and something here with the two of them reuniting, um, and then the torrent of booze when it's revealed that I think it's Randy Anderson as as the ref has thrown out yeah. the match. Um, I thought really clever little finish because you essentially have the Horseman having to cheat to beat this guy who was considered a loser. Mm-hmm. Him being valiant, Saturn being back to being a killer, uh, like that. The fact that he makes he effectively makes Benoit give up, yeah. um, and yeah, just like oh god, yeah, it was really really good bit of storytelling, I thought. Well, and again, it, it goes into the the Horsemen now to help solidify their heel turn. Is that the Horsemen are having to cheat to win against people who you w- you wouldn't expect to would think yeah, that yeah. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, then, I. I am delighted to say that this feud must continue. Yeah. Having that all day. Um, We then get a replay of Miss NWO from earlier, which again, we just sh- saw about half an hour mm-hmm. ago. Then we get your much vaunted video package, which is essentially just the entire Flair promo, throwing a, a stripping haul of the belt um, and announcing the tournament. And then a couple of clips of Meng versus Bam Bam from last week on Thunder. Um. then we get our United States heavyweight title tournament first round match and it's Scott Steiner versus Chris Jericho now before this match starts as soon as I knew that this is what the match was Lee I said if there was a man on this entire show I would have put the mortgage on going in the pool it would be Christopher Jericho mm-hmm. <laughs> and when he didn't in this match I thought going do Are they yeah. actually not going to do it. I, I thought yeah. they were going to do it as a dark segment or something.
0: Um. Yeah. I what, what do you think of Scott Steiner at the moment? Because I want to like him. Like we we've talked about this when he went single initially and he like when he started kind of messing around and kind of discovering mm-hmm. what he was going to be. And yeah. he like he found it, He found the, the gear. He was wear the shorts with the his face yeah. on him and stuff. He really started to click. At this point, I I don't know. It's not
2: all there at the moment. I feel like yeah, he's got a lot of the recognizable stuff that we really like about him, but it it one like you said it's not fully clicking at the mm. moment, and two I think he's one of the people that may have suffered from Nash trying to please a bunch of different people. So Hogan and Flair are obviously still up ahead of him in the main mm-hmm. event, but now so are Goldberg and Nash as well. Um I feel like he was such a hot character for a while. I probably would have tested him out in that world title territory. Um like as a potential top heel, as a foil for flair when flair is still face or something like that. Just, just see, um, because he was getting so much heat and he was getting this rep as like the most dangerous man in the company that like referees were afraid of him. Officials were afraid of him. Wrestlers were afraid of him. Um, test that to the max and even if you want to put him against flair as a heel because flair is doing the thing now where the referee is in his in his pocket so what does a charles robinson do does he back his buddy flair or does he bow down to the man that might actually beat the shit out of him um but it feels like by slotting him where he is at the moment and him being maybe not a hundred percent of the way their character wise um it feels like a I holding I was pattern. just
0: about to say, that's exactly what it feels to me.
2: Instead of... Instead of elevating
0: this US title tournament, it feels like he's yeah. been put into it to just... Yeah. Well, I don't really have anything else for you at the moment.
2: Yeah. It, like, so a lot of his recent stuff has been these, this program is geared from the bottom up for Scott Steiner, whereas now it feels like what he's doing now is just to keep him busy. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, that said, what did you think of the match? <laughs> Disappointing.
0: Yeah. Uh like these are two two guys I think never really had much chemistry. If you've ever seen any of their WWE stuff, I don't think they've ever really worked well together. Which no. is unusual because you think they would.
2: Yeah. But I wonder is that a genuine dislike they just have for each other? I, I think Jericho has had a lot of feuds where he's against guys that are maybe um like stylistically don't match up well with mm. him. But one of Jericho's strong suits is that um, if he's in that feud with a guy who's a stylistic mix, mismatch with him, but that guy is a great wrestler in their own right, Jericho can kind, kind of, of follow yeah. along to the, the, the beats of that guy's type of mm-hmm. match. But because there isn't really like... At this point in time, a Scott Steiner match, apart from I'm a suplexia until I beat you, or I'm gonna hit you really um, fucking hard because I'm annoyed. Yeah, there isn't really that, like, like Steiner is obviously not gonna wrestle a Jericho match, no. you know. And like I said, what does a Steiner match look like in in 1999? Apart from just like a collection of spots and then a Steiner recliner. Um. So yeah, it is disappointing, not unexpected, but disappointing. The finish really
0: really irritated me Um, WCW referees have a tendency to make themselves look like fucking morons um, I mean Steiner's low blow the ref pretends to look away after the low blow happens
2: yeah do you know what I was uh, the thing I was annoyed most about this was they shouldn't have had him even pretend to look away they should have leaned into this is the referees are afraid of yeah, it. They're, they're not going to be killed.
0: they're afraid it's so yeah. easy
2: yeah, this makes everybody look like a fucking idiot. Um, so, yeah, he he does the Jericho does a standing switch, which gives him an opportunity to try and get something in on Steiner. But as you said, he mule kicks him in the balls, suplex, recliner. That's it. And I, like I said, at the end of this match, I was enraged Jericho wasn't the one who went in the pool because he would be great mm-hmm. to be a candidate to go in the pool. Uh it's main event time, and I know this because Lee's best friend is here, Mr. Buffer. In a tux. Yeah.
0: In the middle of the redneck Riviera, surrounded by drunk fucking teenagers.
2: Yeah. Well, sorry, it's America, so drunk twenty one year olds. Mm hmm. Um so he announces the match, introduced now. I will say it di- it was really cool to see Ray yeah. in the main event mm-hmm. world title match on night. And I felt earned at this point. Yeah, and it, here's the thing as well, is that even though we know because of like how this company pans out, they never go with Ray no. um, properly. Um, but something I have noticed during this bit of a run is that all these guys who are known for sometimes big-timing people or people like Flair who, you know, in terms of legacy in the business at this stage is orders of magnitude higher on the the the, the pecking order than than Ray... The enormous respect that a lot of these people show Ray yeah. as a as an in-ring competitor. Because this is definitely like Flair gives him a lot. I mean, um this match is definitely planned around Ray's yeah, strength. Like Aaron bumps on the outside for Ray. That tells you all yeah. you need to know. Yeah. Um so Ray wants to shake hands, but Flair disses him. Uh, I love that uh I think it was a brain asked Tony cuz Tony bought that the handshake was going to happen and Brain says, hey you've been swerved and under his breath Tony goes every day of my life <laughs> which I very much believe working there that that is yep. true. Um I like that so after that diss uh Ray starts clowning on Flair so Flair's running at him and he's just doing drop toe hold drop toe hold and then he like paintbrushes yep. him uh to get back for the diss that was really good. Um Flair gets in his face then so just as they're talking about look the speed of Ray is his main uh, thing they show him how much in terms of like guts Ray has because Flair gets up in his face and Flair looks like monstrously bigger than Ray and he gets up in Ray's face and Ray just fucking smacks him and then Flair comes back at him and he smacks him again and we get the Flair Flair, flop so it's like Ray packs a punch and he's not gonna back down which I thought was an important part of the match that the psychology of the match uh, Flair throws Ray out of the ring. This is a this is bit you mentioned. Double A tries to attack him, but Ray evades it uh, and then gets back in the ring on the attack. Um, uh, Flair at this point just can't deal with the pace, so he retreats around the ring. Uh, Ray chases him. He's expecting Flair to turn around and hit him with the chop, so he ducks that, but what he doesn't see is Arn hiding behind Flair, who hits the clothesline. I thought that was a very, very clever mm-hmm. spot. Um... Flair is then admonished in the ring for using a closed fist which I so I thought that was really clever because that's the spot that draws your attention to the fact that Charles Robinson is a ref yeah. again before that you don't really notice and firstly you notice and then Tony hits that home just go that's Charles Robinson again yeah, yeah, yeah that's interesting Um, so I thought that was a really good little bit of storytelling
0: they're, they're, they're really building to him being
2: Flair's fucking Flair's referee like yeah, um, huge Ric Flair sucks chance, which like again a week and a half, two weeks into this turn, I I wasn't necessarily expecting, but um, it's not necessarily just due due to Flair's heel work here, but this crowd are massively oh, into Yeah, here.
0: this this is Ray's Ray's crowd. These are his people.
2: There is no roof on this place, but it would have come off if if Ray against all odds had won here right they were like they were so like they were into him already at the start they were even into him when he was talking to Ricky earlier mm. in the show but by the end of this match they are in i will say with Rey I'm glad
0: he didn't win here
2: oh yeah 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 because if if ever he he didn't but if ever he was going to win it should have been a thing that was built yeah, for a had, long time and not given away like, free
0: see the way right this they they talk about it. this is force world title match he should then yeah. get a, a world title Nitro main event against the next world champ and then the next mm-hmm. world champ yeah. and then you start building towards well I mean he's faced three previous champions like and you you start building
2: that fucking story because even you do the thing like Buffer did the thing during this match about like he has been on a tear yeah. lately so they list like Nash, Bam Bam and who was the other one that he beat? Uh, Scott Norton Scott Norton yeah because, <laughs> yeah, because he even calls him
1: Big yeah. Scott
2: Norton. <laughs> um, So, uh, Ray rolls out of a suplex, uh, rolls Flare up for a two count, Armbar attempted a cradle for two, and this, like, pisses Flare off no end, that he's nearly been caught twice. So he just stomps Ray in the fucking throat, uh, which was brutal. Um, the crowd really behind Ray Flair, dominating again. He he does this, so they do an Irish whip, and Ray yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. like he's a little, he's obviously on the short side, and I think he misjudged it a bit because his his head like rebounds off the top rope, and it looked like it fucking not fun suck. at all. Yeah. Um. So they they just basically get up and they they redo the the whip spot. Um. He slides through, he stuns Flair, springboard face buster. Uh, Flair, I love this. At first I thought it was a botch, but I actually think it was really good. It was like Flair, he was so punch drunk that Ray went to do the, um, the spin kick and Flair was woozy he, and accidentally does. Yeah, he it. evades
0: it uh, inadvertently. Really good spot, I thought. Yeah.
2: Ray does a drop kick, uh, then it hits another spin kick. Flair gets up on top. And we get a drop kick from Ray. And he hits the Frankensteiner. And the crowd at this point lost mm-hmm. it. So he does the Frankensteiner. He takes a second to get the pin. And it's 1-2. And Robinson gets pulled out of the ring by Arn. But crucially, again, you want know, to talk about show of respect here. I know it amounts to a hill of beans because he didn't win the title. But Ric Flair, being an old man in the business, knows the importance of he gave a visual pin he's, To Rey Mysterio On the World Heavyweight yeah, Champion he,
0: he, Yeah Like it's just classic Flair Territory Champion stuff
2: Yep yeah. uh, Flair announced As still being the champion And the Show Mercifully ends With Flair being Drop kicked into the pool yeah. And I wish we'd gotten Another minute of that yes, Flair Because with the He weather. is disgusted yeah. And he just walks off I think Towards the bar <laughs> would make sense Uh, yeah so that was the end of the show Uh, Lee what did you think of the show overall because even though like we said it was I I think overall one of the worst shows we've seen but like between the Ray bit and the tag team match there was definitely some stuff to enjoy
0: later in the show there was a couple of bits to enjoy like you said the Raven tag and the Mysterio main event other than that I thought the show was an absolute dog dog shit I mean the way they structured the show with so many video packages and flashbacks and just unnecessary stuff I mean surely I mean this is 1999 WCW they had to have some good wrestlers backstage
2: willing to do a match I mean they they threw nine luchadors into that that ten man match that they could have had a couple of really hot lucha matches early in the show
0: it's just so frustrating that like We thought about this. Like, they had so much potential there. Like, look at Ray in the main
2: event. Yeah. But they they just never, ever went with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really disappointing. But, you know, there is stuff to look forward to. So, um, you know, we look forward to next week's Nitro. We're still on a good positive trajectory with Raven Saturn now and Ray. So there there is some stuff leading into this pay-per-view that you're giddy oh, yeah, to get it. to. So I'm not like even though it was a slog of a show to get through, um I still feel like I'm coming out of it thinking okay, there's some stuff I'm going to enjoy going forward, which is, you know, rare enough nowadays mm-hmm. in WCW. Um Anyway, that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Night of Nitro. Thanks for listening in, guys. Um, We'll be back next week on the Patreon. We'll be back in two weeks here with our next uh, show in the timeline, which will be the Thunder just a couple of days later um, after this. So uh, until then, yeah, enjoy the weather. If you're in a warm part of the world right now, like we are, um, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder was produced by Lee Malone and edited by me, Dave Ryan. To keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter at @wcwthunderpod or click the link tree link in our Twitter bio or in the show notes. I am at the day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore seven one three. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Follow the VOW network anywhere. Good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts that you can shake a stick at. Thanks.